Welcome to the show. My name is MJ and this is Transcending Into Tech. Welcome back to another episode of Transcending Into Tech, the show that looks at the intersecting lines of technology, humanity, and the always evolving human experience towards a post-human world. Thanking you all for being here, and I think uh, today's episode is going to be more of a, I guess you can say, a reference episode. I know I've been kind of focusing on previous, mo- uh, you know, uh, topics that was, uh, you know, that that cascaded in different things. I think, you know, at one point we were talking about health. The other talk, the other talking points were about moralities. And we did definitely had a look at, uh, you know, bio biohacking as a, as a concept within the world of, or the realm of, uh, of technology and maybe transhumanist tendencies, if you will. So today I wanted to go a little bit, I want to go a little bit, um, you know, impromptu, if you will, or I'm going to go a little bit. And to be honest, I'm going to speak a little bit off the cuff uh, in today's episode. And I don't mean that in a, in a sense that I'm going to just say something for the sake of saying it. No, I'm going to go and just kind of give an outline of what transhumanism is, maybe even look at some of it in the realm of fiction, and more importantly, ideologies. Uh, but let's look at it from a philosophical perspective as well. And I don't know which hour, which one I'm going to really start with, but I'll just kind of go with the general definition and the classification of transhumanism. And this is readily available stuff. I'm not going to say things that, uh, you know, I made up, but uh, I will try to add wherever I can, you know, things or elements that I feel is worthwhile sharing. And I think that's really important in this series because I think the reality is we want to always understand how are we constantly enhancing or how are we looking to further the, the intellectual, physical, and psychological capabilities or, or capacities as it's been put uh, in the formal definition of, the, of, 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 of transhumanism and how it actually supports the overall human condition. Okay. Yes, everybody constantly loves to talk about, you know, the focus on trying to basically eliminate things like aging. Okay, that's always a big one. Or enhancing um, human strength, you know? And we kind of talked a brief about it, I guess, in a way, to uh, to some of the biohacking mechanisms that's, that's currently available. But always the bigger part of it is enhancement of the human intellect. Okay, that seems to be more often than not what a lot of transhumanist thinking goes around, okay? And I think in this unique situation that we're in with this convergence of information uh that is coming all across right it's calling it's, it's coming in from different places that the human brain is now structured or is now conditioned and this is going to continuously be the situation as we hyper evolve uh into a more uh technologically focused uh world for lack of a better term um you'll start to realize that your own thinking patterns, your own mechanisms for deduction is actually becoming something 
quite unique. It's not like what was in the past. It's not at the pace of the past, right? If you if you look at human behavior, okay, and we are humans, uh, and as humans, obviously, we are products of habit. And a lot of the times we tend to be creatures of habits, right? Through tried and practiced bits of habit that we do every day. And and when I say habit, I don't necessarily need to mean or, you know, I'm not pointing at habits from the realm of, you know, physical habits. A lot of these, a lot of these habits tend to be as well um, mentally uh, conditioned. And, and basically, once you see that, if you look at how how thinking was 50 years ago to how thinking is today, you'll notice that maybe probably, and I'm not basing this off science, but I'm just looking at this from a very high level view of things from what I've read. But you'll notice that the, the, the human intellect has actually become more, it's, it's getting more strenuous, I guess, if you will, because we're being given a lot of information from all sorts of places. And the very tendency for us to be able to actually deduce a a conclusion or a or, or a thought uh, comes at comes at a very interesting situation because we tend to be able to come and create these situations for ourselves um, literally by beha- by behavioral traits and habits. It's simple as you know going out and having dinner with people and you know googling a little point. Uh, that's something that never existed. What I mean by that is simply the putting a question in front of a person and being able to actually ask a decent question for a a decent answer, you know, you were relegated to simply writing them on a piece of paper, going to your library whenever it was open, checking some cue cards and looking through or sifting through a bunch of text or uh, books that might actually touch point on some of the items that you were actually looking for. And, you know, that, that, that span of time obviously was was is, is, is has been greatly um, impacted, if you will, in that today you know you have a point. Maybe it could be an item that you have some genuine um, query for. You'd actually simply just Google it now and look at the multiple set of sources there with certain answers, and then you'd be able to deduce basically whatever answer you think is most appropriate. Granted, of course, there is a lot of information that is out there right now that might be particular to certain topics, obviously, that might not necessarily be actually fully true or in fact the answers that you're actually looking for because of the you know the rise of misinformation disinformation fake news or whatever it might be so just to i was just trying to give a, a comparative view of things and, and, show, and showing how you know one's grasp or one's searching of knowledge had uh, tremendously jumped leaps and bounds over the past 20 years and then i think in that in that in its own in its own essence the availability the readily availability of information be it good or bad um, could in fact actually play a huge role in our behavior in that when you're actually growing up and and, and if you're younger and if you're probably uh, with, with the coming generations of of, of youth now coming into this foray, they never really had these issues, if that's the right word. They weren't really issues, but they weren't. They didn't have that dis, that distance to time kind of uh, angle for 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 getting information. But enough on that. Let's just talk about certain classifications of what you might expect or might 
find transhumanism bundled in. It's obviously an expanding ideology in its own right, but uh, it does come with a lot of history and a lot of um, literature as well. And pretty much, I think, uh, you know, looking at everything, you know, there is a branch of humanism philosophy that's embedded within the, the transhumanism view, okay? Uh, an example of this was actually uh, mentioned by, by noted philosopher and uh, futurist Max Moore. Um, he's given some very good insights and actually good quotes on the topic of uh, transhumanism, in one in which he said basically, quote, transhumanism shares many elements of humanism, including a respect for reason and science, a commitment to progress and a valuing of human or transhuman existence in this life. Transhumanism differs from humanism in recognizing and anticipating the regular, sorry, the radical um, alter, alterations in the nature and possibilities of our lives resulting from various sciences and technology. Okay, so that's an interesting way of summating the whole discussion, right? Putting everything into one place when it comes to um, transhumanism. Of course, with transhumanism, uh, along with everybody else, uh, people tend to create, um, you know, association systems, if you will, groups, environments, communities out of it. Um, one of the key things is understanding, obviously, some of the very important values systems that are under the whole transhumanistic uh, umbrella, if you will. Um, and they basically fall under, I would say, uh, and, and it's actually documented in certain places, but I would say around four areas in particular. They would be uh, neophilia. Okay, this is basically a term that was created by an author, uh, Robert Wilson. Uh, and the idea is that this is basically a strong affinity for novelty and change. Okay, transhumanists generally like change. They love novelty and change. They need to see things progress forward and not stay in the same state. Okay, another value is survival. Because... No, ultimately, I think the whole, the whole angle of a lot of transhumanistic literature falls around this discussion about self-preservation, okay, and the survival of an organism by being able to do better, to increase, to increase whatever it might be, whether it's your life expectancy, your survival ability in a, in a, in a hostile environment. Um, that is one of the major goals, if you will, within the actual umbrella, if you will, of transhumanistic values. So those are the two areas of transhumanistic values that we'd probably like to discuss more into depth, I guess, when we do our shows. And neophilia and survival tend to fit in those two categories. I will slightly touch on transhumanistic ideologies in more depth. I mean, the ones that tend to be based on movements and so on and so forth. Although, to be honest, I am not um, saying I'm promoting anybody or anything of that sort, but it's just worthwhile noting uh, that those things actually do exist. Those movements do exist. Those ideologies do exist. And they have their own unique you know, views of things that might be worthwhile sharing. But when we talk about things like neophilia, like I said, affinity for novelty change, right? I'd be very, very interested in talking about technophilia, right? This strong enthusiasm for technology, you know, especially new technologies that 
that can enhance the human condition. That's where I tend to do a lot of my shows on, and that's what I plan to focus most on. Uh, and obviously talk about survivability, because obviously there are key elements that you know might be useful to know about where the human will to do better, to exceed better, to survive better would come into play. And uh, that's enough for the first segment. In our next segment, we'll talk briefly about the different areas of fiction where you'll find transhumanism. And you will be surprised to know that it's actually in a lot of fiction and you just probably didn't know it. So stay tuned. And we're back. Thank you for joining us in today's episode on the overall philosophy of transhumanism and um, basically more or less understanding it from a different angle, I guess, if you will. Not just from the basic uh, structure of what it is, but more to do about where it's been. And uh, as I said earlier, we're going to talk briefly about, you know, transhumanism in literature. You know, I think uh, the big argument a lot of people make is that transhumanism has actually been a part of literature for a long time. A notable work that is worth mentioning is Frankenstein. I think Frankenstein is, is, is probably a classical view of, of how transhumanism concepts were actually put into play. Other works such as uh, The Invisible Man, The Island of Dr. Moreau, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, and even looking at, you know, modern day anime or animation based from Japan, right? Such as Akira all demonstrated uh, worlds unberiddled with technological advancements that actually inv- you know, improved the overall human race. Uh, and obviously at times as well, based on those, you know, the last two titles were used to also reinforce divides among social classes too. So it's, it's, it's different thing, you know, different ideas. The idea of high tech, low life um, results in rampant poverty, uh, frequently exploited by upper class, uh, made more immortal through cybernetic or cybernetic enhancements. You know, and one of the best, uh, I mean, one of my favorite, honestly, um, genres that, that literally is just really all about transhumanism concepts is cyberpunk. I think cyberpunk is probably, uh, while, while very detailed, is, is at times also cautionary about where transhumanism can be a area of benefit uh, and where it also can be a problematic issue, especially when you look at it from a socio-economical uh, way, you know, and, and, and a lot of cyberpunk tends to be, you know, almost post-apocalyptic in nature, if not pre-post-apocalyptic uh, setups in place. So that's really interesting. Notable authors include uh, Margaret Atwood, okay, uh, Margaret Atwood's actually an amazing uh, writer based from uh, Canada, a legendary uh, writer, if I, if I do say so myself. Very well noted for various works. Uh, I think the most, the one that everybody is raving about, and uh, I would say rightfully so, with her dystopian novel, The Handmaid's Tale, now a very famous series, obviously, on TV, uh, I think with Hulu. Uh, just a wonderful piece of literature right there. Um, another set of, you know, authors that I, because, I mean, there's a lot of authors I can go on, but let's just talk about a few of them. You know, E.M.M. Banks, a great sci-fi writer. I love him to death. Um, there's Arthur C. Clarke, the legendary Arthur C. Clarke, who would not know who Arthur C. Clarke is. Uh, Philip K. Dick, uh, whose book we've just discussed earlier about uh, Do Androids uh, Dream 
of Electric Sheep. Other ones, you know, Peter F. Hamilton, British uh, sci-fi author who has the Commonwealth saga. I'm actually really behind on this series. In fact, uh, I, one of my siblings was actually reading the, the book and finished the entire series and kept on telling me to keep, uh, you know, just to keep, you know, thinking about reading this book. And then I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I just started, I actually started with the prequel which is misspent youth. So I highly recommend that. And there are loads of books that I can kind of like put up in my notes to kind of like recommend in terms of, you know, transhumanist literature, if we wanted to go into that detail. Um, with that as well, lots of amazing sci-fi. I mean, I would, I would argue really, I would say nine times out of 10, I would probably say 10 times out of 10, you know, if you're talking about sci-fi, you're definitely got some version of transhumanism mind or transhumanism ideas and play and the list is endless i'm not even going to go bother it but i'm going to give you just some of them so you know you go to netflix alter carbon that's hardcore that's all about post-humanism right there so highly recommend that series if you're 18 and above of course another one would be dark city um star wars i don't know i don't know where to begin you know uh star trek mobile suit gundam <laughs> There's a lot of anime, especially in this area. Deus Ex Machina, you know, that's that's a video game vision, uh, version of, 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 you know, transhumanistic uh, literature, if you will. And I do consider video games also to be a part of literature as well. Um, Neon Genesis Neon Evangelion, um, a series that I've, I've, I've loved uh, younger. Still watch this day. I don't even mind watching it again. A really, really, I would say, very influential anime... Uh, which actually ties up a lot of these value systems that we've been discussing would definitely, definitely be Ghost in the Shell. I highly recommend anybody who's really interested in just having some really good series to watch to get into the um, to the Ghost in the Shell series, uh, obviously starting with the movie and working your way around there. Another one that I like, but it's uh, mostly uh, police-based future, not-too-distant future, yet pre-post-apocalyptic setup would be uh, something like Pat Labor. Although uh, some of the series might look a little funny, but if you go to the to the really, I mean, I think the legendary film of Pat Labor 2, uh, you can kind of see the world where it is. Um, again, but that talks about a lot of things, especially on the geo-socio-economical and political scene. Very interesting sets of discussions that are actually going on there. So as you can obviously see, you know, there's a lot of stuff when we talk about uh, sci-fi. I mean, sci-fi literally is just is, is just really a, a, a vision of transhumanism uh, in motion for us, be it written or motion literature, right? Or video game literature for that matter. And uh, it's actually been quite a part of our culture without, ease, without us even knowing. Um, so that's one thing that I just wanted to put out there. The second thing I wanted to also mention, the amount of genres that are in play. So when I say we're doing stuff with transhumanism, it's worth noting that there is a lot more to just simple sci-fi. You know, sci-fi in itself breaks down into so many categories. There's cyberpunk, uh, like I've just sort of, uh, mentioned earlier. There's, you know, utopian, dystopian fiction. There's so many different categories that can actually talk and push the value systems that we were talking about earlier. You know, whether it is uh, pushing angles on, on, on post-humanistic uh, you know, aspirations, if you will, of human beings, to technological enhancements for survivability. Um, you know, there you'll, you'll always find amazing literature at play, some of which 
as one would expect, already influencing today's leading edge technological research areas uh, for today. You know, whether it was simple as looking at stem cell research to genetic uh, gene splicing mechanisms that actually is now the reality and the norm of today, you know, we are actually pushing ourselves to the next level. And I think with a more hyper-convergent uh, realm of, you know, connectivity that is enabled for anybody, uh, as simple as somebody walking with a, with a smart device. We're now able to actually tap into this world without even realizing we're moving towards a much more evolved state than we normally would have. And with that, we'll get into the final section where I'll basically give some conclusion remarks from today's episode and give you a heads up on next week's episode. So please stay tuned. And welcome back to our final segment of the show. I think I'm not going to talk much uh, at this point here. I just wanted to, you know, have this episode really to bring back some of the key corner pieces or cornerstone points on the whole transhumanist thing. This podcast isn't 100% transhumanism all the way, okay? I just want to be very clear about that. But it's a very important part of this of this, of this, uh, of this podcast. The reason is, is because we are looking at how things intersect with each other. That's what we say every episode. Technology, humanity, and the human experience. How do they all get together? And how do they all function? How do they evolve uh, into facets of what they are today as opposed to what they were before? That's what really interests me the most. And that's what actually pushes the the discussion even further. Uh, It's all about expanding. It's all about pretty much whatever you think it would be about, insight. And that's more important to me in this show than anything else. So I'll definitely make sure to put up a lot of interesting points and references for the uh, the show notes. And please, 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 as we get to these episodes end, uh, I want to thank you all for being here and actually have listened uh, the first few episodes with our show. I mean, it really makes a difference for us. Uh, you know, Transcending into Tech uh, is always going to continue to bring the great insights needed in this constantly changing world. So like I say always, if you've enjoyed the show, please do share with friends, subscribe to the podcast. We're literally listed in most of not all of the key uh, podcast platforms available. So you can pick the one of your favorite and type transcending into tech and you'll probably find us. If you don't, drop me a message or just go to transtech.xyz. That's T-R-A-N. S-T-E-C-H dot X-Y-Z. I'd love to see all the comments that I get also on some of our social media platforms. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter. So please do feel free to share, comment, uh, critique even if you need to uh, on the show so that we can actually bring in content that you would actually like. So please do help uh, the show by giving us some great feedback. And until the next episode, I guess I'm going to say this is MJ signing off and I'll see you soon on Transcending Into Tech.